Welcome back to another episode of Winning Plays with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I am Rich Levine. And guys, the Celtics have the best record in the Eastern Conference at this point, and much of that has to do with the resurgence of Gordon Hayward. Uh, we're going to talk about Gordon's uh, amazing start to the season and much more with the Celtics' hot start. But first, we're going to ask you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Follow us on Twitter. That's at WinningPlaysPod. Shout out to CLNS Media for hosting the show. Shout out to BetOnline.ag for being the best sponsor we've ever had. And guys, uh, welcome back to the podcast. So happy to be here. Be Rob. So uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get right into Gordon. I think I think he's a story. Earlier this week, the big uh, thirty nine point performance at Cleveland, which is you know I have a feeling you know how Ky- how Kyrie managed to miss Cleveland games every time mm-hmm. the Celtics the, the, the Celtics Cavs matchups came around. I think given what happened to Gordon on that court, it'd be something if that turns into into his like. I want to say personal paradise. We, we, that could be a place that he goes back to every year and wants to show the world just like how much he still has. Yeah, I think him and Carson Edwards really like are going to want to play there <laughs> as much as possible. Um, but yeah, I mean that for him to do that in the building, Rich. Um, again, he's had some big games before in a Celtics uniform last year at various points, but nothing like that. And given how much he's been through in that building, Mike, like that. I know he doesn't want to talk about the injury anymore, but that still has to be kind of like a, not a milestone for him, but just uh, something that you can, you know, check off the box. It's fulfilling, if, if nothing else. For sure. And, I mean, when you're being defended by Brandon Knight and Darius Garland and Colin Sexton throughout most of the game, I mean, I'm sure he had a lot of fun there. For Is sure. that the same Brandon Knight that you wanted the Celtics to trade for? <laughs> hey, I think Brandon hit a couple threes in that game, if I'm not mistaken. But and I'll also say your your Tristan Thompson call looks pretty good. He's kind of he's kind of a new. We're not going to get into Tristan Thompson too early in this podcast, but I've been impressed with him early on. And maybe, he looks maybe good. Wouldn't, wouldn't be the worst thing if he ended up in a Celtics uniform. I'll say that. But we should talk about just I mean Gordon's this the 39 point performance was the the top if you will, but again the start of the season from a Celtics perspective with him probably really can't have couldn't have gone much better to this point he's the numbers again are inflated a little bit by 39 points on tuesday night but he is still averaging over 20 points per game he is shooting i believe 50 percent from the field leading you know averaging over seven rebounds three. a game yeah 50 percent from 50 percent from three excuse me 56 percent from the field 7.5 rebounds, 4.3 assists. Again, these are all all-star numbers. It's only six games, but this is the type of progress the Seas want. And so I think the focus of this podcast now is a hypothetical if you're Danny H in the front office in terms of what this team can do if this version of Gordon Hayward, you know, sustains. And what does that mean for both the present and the future, because it, you know we've we kind of got into this discussion a little bit over the summer, in terms of how this team wants to build moving forward. But um, they couldn't count on this version of Hayward before, and now it seems like it's not that much of a pipe dream anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, whenever I think about Gordon, I mean, his injury is everything when it comes to their stalled rebuild, the failed rebuild, however you want to describe it. And for him to look as good as he does right now. It, it, I mean, it does spark some serious optimism. I mean, one of the, the, the big stats that I look at with Gordon is drives. 
and right now he's averaging over 13 per game, which is a career high, shooting 63% on them. So he's just been way more aggressive getting downhill. Uh, they're using him in DHOs a little bit more this season. Uh, his aggression is everything, and, and when he's that aggressive and draws help and he's finishing, that just opened thing, to open things up for for Kemba playing off the ball, for Tatum playing off the ball, for Jalen on cuts and spot-up threes. Uh, I mean, Tatum, I mean, sorry, Gordon is, <laughs> I, I love Jason Tatum, um, Gordon is, he's just kind of an ideal Swiss Army Knife offensive player, and, you know, if he moves as well uh, on the defensive end throughout this entire season, and, you know, he's he's stronger now than he was in Utah when he was an all-star, if he's able to to, to defend fours consistently and, and kind of let Brad Stevens do a lot of different things with the lineup. He's just an incredibly valuable basketball player. Yeah, the physical nature, that that's big. That's a good point, Mike, because you see him out there. And he, he is a guy, especially in today's NBA, that he can he can guard up. And maybe it's not even guarding up at this point. But another uh, guy you mentioned is Jalen there. And uh, and I'm kind, of, I'm kind of giving it away. But you, look, you, know, you know the game score stat on basketball sure. reference? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, Gordon's played six games this year. Uh, two games with a game score under 10. So two single-digit game scores. Uh, arguably, like, his two, you know, I want to say worst, but least impressive games of the year. Uh, and what, what did those two games have in common? Toronto, the home game against Toronto, and at the Knicks. It was the two games, they didn't give the answer. It was the two games that Jalen Brown was was heavy in the rotation. Mm-hmm. So, I, so that, for me, is not that he can't do it, but I want to see... And maybe it's crazy to expect that Gordon with Jalen around, but I think that is the next step in this Celtics team being as good as they can be. Can Gordon be this guy with Jalen also out there? Yeah, I mean, I just to go off of that point, Rich, I actually wrote about this uh, Boston Sports Journal yesterday or on Wednesday, um, which I know, seriously, that you can drop a better setup than that. Um, but uh, this should Jalen Brown come off the bench? As he comes back here, um, again, we're recording this on a Thursday, so he will play Thursday night um, in Charlotte. But just there's more of a big picture, you know, situation for this team in terms of maximizing all your parts here. Does it make more sense for Brad Stevens to take one of these high scoring wings, especially when you already have three guys averaging over 20 points in the starting five right now with Kemba, Tatum and Hayward? Is it make sense now in the big picture wise to separate one of those guys and bring them off the bench? And is that guy, should that guy be Jalen Brown, Mike? It's an interesting question. And I mean, Jalen got paid. So I think it would be a, a lot riskier if you make a decision like that and, and you don't have him locked up and satisfied with. Uh, his new contract. Right. Um, you can't complain anymore when you get $100 million, I feel like, in this situation. <laughs> That's, <laughs> a very, That's a rule. That's a rule. Very few for, uh, rules in life, but that is one of them. <laughs> That's a rule. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly the organization has faith in his ability and his growth and his trajectory. Uh, so it's kind of d- tough for him to doubt himself uh, coming off the bench. Um, I I mean, it's, it's so early and, you know, 
two games and using game score to decide something hey, obviously, hey, hey, obviously hey. uh no no shots but obviously it's a little it's a little early for all that um i'm just saying I mean, the two the two games that he's looked less than the gordon that we're talking about right now it, it, it's not a it's not a knock on either of the guys we saw last season sometimes it's hard when you have too much talent it's hard for everyone to to be as good as they need to be as they can as they can be and this is going to be something when you have three guys jalen jason and gordon who are, or, who are filling a similar void, it, it's it, it's going to take some time to maybe find their rhythm. Too Much Talent was almost the name of this podcast. I don't know if you guys remember. But. Mm. I don't. I kind of wish it was. I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, just looking at, you know, li- lineup data a little bit, it's, it's, it's so early in the year. Um, the Walker, Smart, Tatum, Hayward, Tice lineup, which is the uh, – it's played 102 minutes, and it's the number one lineup that Hayward's been a part of this season. Has absolutely destroyed teams. They're mm-hmm. plus 18 points per 100 possessions. The offense has struggled quite a bit. Um, defense has been great, and you know, it's again, it's just such a small sample size against limited competition. But I mean, I, I would not move Jalen to the bench right away when he comes back. I don't think that sends the right message as well as everyone has played. I think. Again, for this team to to reach its ceiling, you need Hayward, Tatum, and Brown to coexist and function together. And so, I would be more remiss to try and and, and see what we have there and see what this new confident Gordon Hayward uh, can do beside Brown and how they can complement one another. Yeah, I mean, I see the point. I think Brad Stevens shares that viewpoint um, in terms of seeing what they have right now um i just feel like you know you're gonna you're gonna have to stagger things with this group with that group anyway and so i just you know you're gonna have those guys play together over various points of the game but i i think it kind of comes down to you know just maximizing the 48 minutes and and also in addition like just having marcus smart out of the gate to guard some of the best players on the opponent's team. Like Kevin I feel like it's like, like Kevin Love or <laughs> Julius Randle or Giannis. Um, I think that's just never a bad idea. As as much as you, as good as Smart is off the bench, he's also pretty good in the starting five too and is a very good facilitator again, which I don't think when you're trying to get K-Word and Tatum and those guys rolling out of the gate, um, I don't think that's a bad thing at all to have another guy in there who just, again, doesn't, doesn't need or won't be looking for his own shot yeah i i can we kind of pivot the conversation back towards gordon and just how you know projecting forward what this team can do uh with him playing at an all-star level i mean the thing about gordon is you know i I, a lot of people look at uh paul george as kind of like a uh, a 1a superstar in that he can't well he he maybe could be the best player on a championship team, but he's also just more, he's the perfect piece to to be beside another star. Um, so with Gordon, I, I almost feel like that's, that's his destiny uh, on this team. Uh, you know, obviously he is not, he's not a, a top 10 player in the league and, you know, He's not someone who can lead you to a title, but I do feel like as a sidekick, he is as his best as when he's at his best, 
is just so ideal and so complimentary towards someone like Tatum. Um, maybe not, maybe not Kemba. Someone like Tatum, when, when Tatum becomes what we all think he can be, hopefully that's uh, sooner than later. Uh, I, I just really like Hayward, Hayward's fit beside him and, and all the things that Hayward can do on and off the ball. Yeah, and I was I was thinking about this the other day, actually, some of the comparisons between the Celtics and the Clippers. And obviously, like, Gordon isn't, I mean, we'll see what Paul George looks like, you know, when, when he gets back. I mean, T- Tatum certainly isn't isn't where, where Kawhi is. Uh, Tatum's not quite with Paul George. But I think there's something about like, the Kemba-Lou Williams comparison, too. I think that they sort of serve similar roles. Um, but yeah, I think, but I think it was something important to what you just said, Mike, is that they are all sort of ready to defer to, to Tatum. I think that, that seems pretty clear this year. I think Tatum's ready for it. It hasn't necessarily shown itself in every performance, but just the way he's carrying himself, the way the other team is playing around him. Uh, I think that the, that the roles are starting to set up a little bit better, certainly than last year. But, but when you guys say about like what, you know, what Gordon at an all-star level is going to do for the Celtics now in the future, I think that like, you know, coming into this year when we talked about what the Celtics were capable of, we sort of, in the best case scenario, we had to assume that this Gordon Hayward was going to be there, right? I don't, I just don't know how much it changes presently. You know, are they, are they, they, I, they I think they're still right up there with the best two or three teams in the East, without question. Uh, even with Gordon at this level, do they have enough to win a title? I don't know, but like, I, I think for the Celtics to, to even be in the conversation of having a, a somewhat decent year, we needed this from Gordon. Yeah, there's there's no question about that given, I mean, it seems, early on it seems like the East is going to be not entirely top-heavy, but, like, there's going to be a clear line between the halves, which is obviously the Bucks, the Sixers, the Celtics. I'd put the Heat in that category based on their strong start. And then there'll be, I think, uh, a decent, and then Toronto, I think like you can kind of put up there too. And then I don't know if there's a huge drop off after that, but there's a lot of you know uncertainty with the Indianas and the Brooklyns of the world. So the Celtics are firmly in that top group, which needed, which Gordon having this year like needed to happen for that to to come around. I think where it's interesting for me when you when you have these guys playing at this level and you have again, I feel like everyone on the roster at the top of the rotation from you know. Kemba to Hayward to Jalen Brown to even Tice, you know, there's there's six or seven legit guys on this team. Just Thoreau and Tice in that conversation, I love Dude, it. Dude, <laughs> Tice, Tice is coming to play. He's got the best block rate, I think the top three block rate in the NBA right now. This is the Tice that I was banking on when I was <laughs> no, putting he looks good. on he my looks heart. Um, but no, but in a seriousness, for us, what for uh, what Tice is, you obviously he's a limited player, and so my question is like when you know if this keeps going for 20 30 40 games now is the complexion of the east at a point where you know you look at the how wide open it is and you're danny ainge and you see you have this version of gordon hayward and you're like i owe it to these guys to just add you're not gonna add a start of this group obviously but you have the ability to add a you just another rotation piece and that might be enough to push this team i feel like into a legitimate east contender do you think like heading into this season what would you say the percentage if you had to ask uh danny what the percentage chances he would use the memphis pick in a trade at the deadline what do you think he would say before the season yeah heading like, into the year like five percent and less and if assuming like what, what do you think gordon's if gordon's able to do this consistently 
and the Celtics are on a 55 win pace or something like that because mm-hmm. of it, and he's an all-star, how, how do you think that changes the calculus? It, it has to go up. It's, I mean, it's not going to go up by a ton. I still would put it at like, I don't know what you think, Rich, like a 20, 25%, nothing crazy. But when you factor in the uncertainty of where that pick's going to land last year, with the we kind of have a window right now in the east with Durant out and I mean John Morant looks like Michael Jordan I'm just gonna throw that out there <laughs> right exactly like I mean Memphis pulling a Sacramento Michael next Jordan. year <laughs> um what do you think like I mean like does does how much do you think that's gonna not that situation but just the whole you know all the various um variables is that gonna come into play here Rich if like kind of jump on the opportunity if it if it strikes for someone who's yeah sure I, I think regardless of of intentions i think if the opportunity is there they'll be ready to strike and I, I don't i don't necessarily think the celtics are that surprised by what gordon's doing right now i don't if anyone knew that knew that this was maybe coming and again it's six games into the season but like uh, we were talking we were talking about this we were saying coming in we expect this to be if not the gordon hayward that was in utah that last year you know the best version of the 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 Gordon Hayward that the Celtics are going to get. I don't I don't think that this is the shocking. I don't think that they were coming into the year expecting to, you know, sort of be be waiting on like another rebuild. You know, I think they have they have their assets. You know, not as many as as they had, but they they're they're ready to use them when when the opportunity presents itself. I just don't know like who is that opportunity. I guess that's my question. Like, you guys haven't. <laughs> right. Well, by the way, you add Tristan Thompson to this team right now. He's almost he's kind of a perfect perfect guy for it. Yeah, he is kind of the perfect fit of terms of what you need. Um, Doesn't need to touch that, the ball. He'll get right. the ball on his own, getting offensive rebounds, and I don't know, plays defense, I, rebounds. I just spent a lot of time watching Andre Drummond film for this story that I just wrote, and mm-hmm. it's really it's it's. I mean, it's too difficult. I mentioned the Celtics in the piece, but. It was. It's just too difficult for them to really construct anything, and, and no. without adding a third team to add someone like that. But that is the the type of player. I mean, Drummond is really. He's really. He, I mean, he's he, his numbers are just like monstrous, and you know haven't been seen since the moon landing, literally. Uh, but there's all these different parts of his game and there's a big gamble on which player you're getting every night, every possession, every quarter, which, which makes him, that really doesn't tricky. fit in well here. Exactly. So <laughs> it would be, that would be tricky, but I, if you're looking at it from an optimistic perspective, you know, as someone who would just be asked to do something very specific, I, I think he can be a really dominant player uh, surrounded by, uh, you know Tatum, Kemba, like as the five on this team. It, we're talking Drummond other, or Tristan. Dr- um, we're, we're off Tristan for a while. I need to my mentions to breathe for for a minute. <laughs> well, I, I mean, but but I think I think that Tristan. I'd rather have Tristan than Andre Drummond. I think in this situation, because you say given given you have to say Andre now. Okay, you're going to come in now and you're going to be the fourth option on this team. You're going to be the fifth option on this team. I don't yeah. know. I mean, and I know plus minus is what it is, but. In the, in the Pistons stink. He's minus 12 on the year, which isn't, you know, great. I understand he's having a ridiculous season statistically, but he's not going to have that volume on the Celtics. No, but that's it. I think that that is, uh, like, the things that he's doing on a per-possession basis, just the offensive replay, the, the way he dominates games when he's 
actually trying uh, well, is special. Issue. I know it one hundred percent is. Um, but I think it would be it'll be really interesting to see if another if he's ever on the trade market this year. He's can be a free agent this summer if he wants to. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what happens with him. But we're we're straying off course a little bit. All right. Speaking of which, you guys know where Tatum ranks in the league uh, plus minus this year? I in the, don't, in but I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess top ten based on you asking the question. <laughs> what do you want to say, B Rob? Top fifteen? Sure. Sure. We'll buy that. He's he's ninth. He's ninth in the league. Plus sixty-two. And uh, and Gordon Gordon is the next Celtic on the list uh, at plus thirty-one. So, but like looking at it's funny you bring up. Drummond and just these bigger contract salary players. Because, um, again, if, if Gordon wasn't having the year he was, then this would probably be the type of stuff we'd be talking about more, I feel like, in terms of because of his contract. Right. Now, though, it's kind of like I f- the Celtics, in my mind, it's like, all right, you're not moving any of your top five guys. That's guys you've got locked in now, at least this year. Like, Jalen's not going anywhere, obviously. Kemba yeah, and Tatum is, aren't is, going anywhere. Is, is Tice one of your top Tice five Tice is just outside the top five right now, okay. but I am willing to deal him for the right player. Um, but, so I just look at if, like, the sweet spot I think that the front office is eventually going to look at is being like, okay, what can we get for a guy in the, you know, making up to $15 million that we can move um, like one of Cantor or Tice, like whoever we decide we don't need. Um, maybe Vincent. Uh, Has and... he played this year? Uh, like serious question. No, I mean he's he's played twice, like for like five minutes a game when they've been down to, uh, like me and Rich as their backup, a big man. <laughs> Poor Vincent. So I know Vincent. Wand. I mean he looked alright in the preseason, but they clearly. I asked Brad Stevens about him a little bit, and he talked him up, but. He also be a thing like he's going to be able to help us down the line, but they clearly need him, want him to spend a couple months around the game first, so he's you know fully up to speed. I think that's kind of what the the waiting game is for someone who's going to be odd man out early, and it's him, obviously. Hey, Rob, real quick, speaking of Vincent, I just want to remind everyone that football and basketball seasons are in full swing. Do you think Vincent and... likes football? Oh, fo- no. not not the football that we're talking oh, about, probably. Right not. Uh, yeah, football, ba- basketball seasons are in full swing, and uh, our listeners and us can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. That's every spread, every total, every winner or loser. Straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. Uh, you can make prep bets like who will be the first NBA coach to be fired this year. Any guesses on that, guys? David Fisdale. Mm. Who'd you say? Fisdale. I thought maybe Luke Walton maybe would be, would be my bet. Yeah. Anyways, you're really uh, that's a. I mean, if you just fired Jaeger, I, I understand that he's been terrible, but then it's the Kings and he has you know, some off the court stuff. Sure. You can also uh, bet on who will be the NBA MVP this year. I was at the Clippers uh, Bucks game last night where Giannis was 14 of 18 from the foul line, four of seven from the three point lines. NBA MVPs. Um, anyways, get the fastest two market odd updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to the website today or sign on with your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50, 50% welcome bonus. That is betonline.ag. You're in our online sportsbook experts. Uh, all right. 
we left off with Vincent. We should go back to Gordon, I think. <laughs> um, t- going back to Gordon, I guess turning the discussion to more of the long term now, that if, again, Gordon is playing at close to an all-star level, we'll assume for the season, he has this player option for next year for $34.1 million. Um, and once Jalen Brown signed his extension last month, we all thought like, well, this is, they're going to have a tough decision to make here unless they can show they can be a contender in the present with Kemp, with this core. Mm -hmm. So for you guys now, do you, do you foresee like, is this core going to be together like beyond next season when Tatum gets his big deal? Do you think that this is uh, the beginnings of a championship core? Or is this situation where, you know, something's going to, they're going to have to sell high on someone or just something's going to have to give? Well, can I answer your question with a question? Sure. If Gordon Hayward makes the All Star team and averages, you know, 22, 6, and 5 this year, is he opting out? Hmm. I think yes. Um, But I think he's doing it to sign a longer term deal, the deal that this week. Most people thought Al Horford would sign with the Celtics last year. That type really? of deal, like a longer term that for less really well money for the Celtics. I, I know, right? <laughs> um, no, but if he opts out, let's say he opts out, and the Atlanta Hawks offer a max contract, four-year max contract. I mean, what do you do if you're the Celtics? I mean, yeah, because you you're say, talking about Al Horford. Gordon's just going to be thirty years old, basically, when he's when he's opting out, right? I mean, you say it's been really fun, Gordon, but um, good luck. Enjoy. Good Enjoy luck Atlanta. playing with Trey. Yeah. I mean, I guess a do team you do like... That or do you, I mean, do you, I, like, losing assets for nothing sucks a lot. Um, I don't know. Is he? I, I feel like he's not old enough for that to happen, but, like, I, I like you're not really replacing... You're not able to replace him. Like, I, I, I don't you're, know. No, I agree. Like, they, they can't... And that I think was part of the Jalen contract too. Now just being like, well, we can't, we're not going to be able to, we're going to have to match no matter what, um, unless we trade them. So we might as well just take the the discount that we can now. Um, but with Gordon, I guess the the good news about that hypothetical, Mike, is that there are so few teams with max cap room for this upcoming summer. I think this season. I said the Hawks for a reason. I know you said the Hawks, <laughs> right? Exactly. The Hawks is like the one realistic team that could do that, and I think. From their timeline perspective, I'm not sure Hayward at 30 for max money makes sense for them, since that is not going to, you know, he is not going to be at his best when the rest of the year young core is at their best. So, um, That's for that where he's reason, like Al Horford, where he'd be going somewhere to be like the the veteran, you know, trying to guide this team that's not quite ready and take them to the next level. Right. Except Philly, it's, Philly was literally the perfect like, you have the young pieces, but they were already pretty much there like Atlanta like there's gonna be no team with Capram this summer Rich I feel like that just is anywhere close to the level that Philly was at in terms of uh you know being ready to win now oh yeah I was thinking more like Al coming to the Celtics more than oh, oh yeah Al no no you're right Philly. yes that's a good comparison but uh but yeah and I I wonder I'm I'm more interested in the names that you could maybe get for Jalen come the summer I think that I mean that's that makes more sense to me talk about losing someone for for nothing with with gordon 
Whereas if Jalen, you know, comes back and has a very solid year worthy of somewhere around the hundred million dollars he got, like that's where you can trade him and get like a real talent and someone that's going to take that core of Kemba, you know, Gordon and, and Tatum to the next level. Why can't it be Jalen? I, I told you, I just don't know. If, I just don't know if the fit is there. Uh, I, I would like a someone who could a, a bigger a bigger guy a bigger player is what I think they need. Like you talk about you talk about Drummond, maybe not oh Andre Drummond, but someone that that can move that needle and dominate in that kind of way. It seems though, like is their philosophy just shifting now in terms of what they're doing at the center position? And this is kind of a bigger discussion. And it but doesn't like, have to be a, se- a center, you know, just 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 a just a big. I mean, they're still going to be bigs, right? Right, but even just like I guess, there. I feel like in my mind, there are only certain types of bigs. I'll I'll, I'll hoard for that are worth the money that you're gonna, you know, like twenty five thirty million. Right, there's like four guys that you know that like, hey, they can, he can feel great about having them on the floor in every single crunch time because they can. F- Spread the floor. They're a great defender. They can do it all, and they're going to be worth every penny from that front. But they're, if those guys aren't available, which I don't think are they're going to be anytime soon on in free agency or trade for this team, then I don't necessarily mind considering going forward with this core. If they, again, show this year that they can you know, build something, build some chemistry together that wasn't present last year, but now with fewer pieces and few less drama involved, like they can, they're building on it. I don't necessarily mind like rolling the dice with the the Tices of the world and whatever else you can get. You know, the Rob Williams developing and just kind of doing it that not makeshift, but just not investing much in the quote unquote big position and relying heavily on your wings and your your scores in the backcourt. Yeah, I think that I think a lot about continuity. And just having, you know, there will be pieces, core pieces on the Celtics team that have been together for, you know, three straight years, four straight years. And keeping it together next season, assuming that, you know, Hayward is playing very well and you're able to either opt in or you're able to resign him to a longer deal. Just having, having Kemba locked in, having Hayward, having Smart, having Tatum, having Brown, having these guys, assuming that, you know, this season ends with them, you know, getting to the playoffs, maybe winning a series, being competitive in the second round and then losing. Uh, rolling it back just is not the worst thing in the world. And tinkering around the edges and knowing that you have you have Carson Edwards in year two, you have Grant Williams in year two, you have Rob Williams in year three. Uh, maybe you'll get something out of Romeo. I mean, you'll be a deep team that has been through the fire together, and I think that there's value there. And and let's not forget minus Kyrie. A lot this core. I mean, minus minus Kemba. I, I mean, you got Smart, you got Gordon, you got Tatum, you got Jalen. Like those guys have already been through some fire together. You know, they they are building something. This isn't starting right now. You know, this is this has been in the works. So I agree no, with you there's that. a difference between like self-inflicted fire but this this core i mean T- tatum jalen and marcus played in the eastern conference finals together for yeah. sure no for sure yeah and and b-rob to your point especially when you're looking the east right now so you have drummond on a on, on a on a bad team in detroit uh 
And then who who are the next two or three best centers in the league? I mean, Vucevic, who doesn't scare you. Embiid. Uh, right, sorry, Embiid. I'm looking at the re- the rebound leaders. I, I forgot that he hasn't uh, rebound totals. He's missed too many games. But you got Embiid, obviously, Vucevic, but then like Tristan Thompson, Wendell Carter. who like Miles Turner. Like Miles Turner, out. yeah, and he, he's not a guy that you worry about. He plays, you know, he plays a lot of on on the perimeter too. You don't necessarily worry about having a a legit center when you face Miles Turner. So uh, there there is and ch- things change fast. But right now, there's not a lot of teams you look out and be like look out at and be like, all right, we're going to be in trouble unless we have a center. Granted, two of, one of them is Embiid, and he's on the best team in the league, in the conference. But other than that. I mean that that's what the NBA has been like you're more you're like there's a greater reason for skepticism about your chance of winning a championship if you do have a great center <laughs> than if you have really talented wings and ball handlers and guys who can knock down pull up threes and I mean how the Celtics are constructed is definitely more favorable towards where the NBA is and where it's headed I think than you know it, it, it solidly investing in in in, in big men I don't like if you get one, that's great, and you you have to build around them, like Embiid or Towns or or AD. Um, but if history has told us anything, like you don't you don't need an all star caliber center to win a championship. You need what the Celtics have, and hope that those pieces grow into something special. Yeah, but you just need. I, I and I know Marcus Smart. I, it's great. It's a great story. He is Mr. Winning Plays to see him. To see him bodying up Giannis, to see him messing with Kevin Love, but I think when you get to the playoffs, you need the Draymond Green kind of guy. You need the Tristan Thompson guy, the guy that you can count on consistently to play defense down low. And I think that's with the, the type of guy they're gonna. I mean, you're not gonna get Draymond, Tristan Thompson. The money will be tough to make work, but like someone in that kind of mold, I think is that's not gonna break the bank. I think that's a reasonable target for the present whether it's now or you know next off season like who is the like who is the marcus all of this season you know what i mean like he was uh, uh, like upgrading from jv to marcus all is a huge reason why toronto won the championship yeah and who knows what happens with the Raptors this year? It seems to me like, I mean, where things currently are, I'd be just, I'd be surprised if they blew it up and moved Lowry and moved Gasol and, and tried to start over. It just looks, seems to me like they want to be competitive in the East. And Siakam's too is, good for that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so like, who is, is there a Marc Gasol? Like that, cause that's the type of trade that you would make. And like at I the mean, money is it's just really it's like Bismack Biombo Yad Mahinmi like these are the contracts that are in yeah. that price range and it's just it's that's not what you want obviously we've we've talked the about the entire it. Knicks roster sure yeah Bobby Portis one of the worst defenders I've ever seen in my whole life get Mook back um, <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's been a few years since we had a Zeller in Boston you know Cody Ooh. Zeller I won't I mean that's a I feel like I bet he's you he gets cussed moved. all the time. He is. He does get hurt a ton. Yeah. Um, Derek Favors is another guy who I love, but he he cannot stay healthy. And I don't know but if I, he even brings the cerebral component that someone like Gasol. Gasol is just like a really unique addition, right. and I, I just don't know who that is. Yeah. It's, again, we'll have to see. You know, there are already some surprise teams that have fallen out of it, but it's still very early, so it's. It's tough to make 
you know, I think there's going to be more buyers than sellers this year, just based on how wide open things are. But, you know, you're, you're going to expect the guy, as we mentioned, I expect like, like Jay Crowder will definitely be on the move. Like, I don't, again, I don't expect the Celtics to go after him, but like, there's going to be just a bunch of mid-level role players that will be sought after because there's going to be, I think 10 plus teams that enter the, the playoffs that think they have a legitimate chance of winning it all, which again, hasn't happened. And I, I mean, how, when's the last time it was this wide open? Like the first year of the big three in Miami. Like I'm trying to think when well, actually the first, think... the first year after Jordan retired. Yeah. I mean, well, even that, do you guys remember like in 2015 before the warriors, like became the warriors, there was a lot of like, it was pretty wide open. Yeah, that's true. When the, yeah, because the Warriors obviously surprised everyone this year by that year. Um, that was LeBron's first season in Cleveland. There was a lot right. of questions about that. So Miami was dead. The Spurs were old and whatever with them. Like, yeah, that, I mean the Spurs were competitive, but there was there was you know they were very old. Um, yeah, that was a that was a pretty low key underrated year, and then the Warriors just kind of took over. Um, you know what's the history? A team to watch here, guys, as far as sellers. The Orlando Magic have come out of the gate two and six. Yeah, I was just thinking about them. And they have a lot of redundancy on their team. So Ken if Birch. they Ken Birch, um <laughs> I love that that you, was the first name. Yeah, you're right, like that's, <laughs> Mike loves the rebounding bigs well, that are defensive minded. Well speaking um, of the guys that Pina loves, Jonathan Isaac is making Aaron Gordon very uh expendable at this point. I think. Y- yeah, I mean, God, I and then like Isaac. Fournier is probably gonna get moved. I would think too if they turn into sell mode, uh, since he can opt out after this year ends, and I don't think they're gonna invest big in him. So uh, that that has a lot of uh, intriguing players on that roster, and if they're not going anywhere this year, like they clearly they kind of ran it back this year, and it looks like that might not have been a good idea. So um, I'd be interested in a bunch of names on that roster. As yeah. far as like sometimes it, it's like sometimes logic like and common sense from afar like it would lead you to believe that the Orlando Magic should blow it up but like there's a reason why they brought all these dudes back and like if your expectation and your desire is strictly to compete for a playoff spot which maybe that's what theirs is we don't know then they're not gonna like sell off pieces that just that just not what they're going to do they're trying to win now and it's really difficult to to like break things down as quickly as you as you would want them to in, in a situation where they just signed all those dudes so like i hear what you're saying for sure i just don't know how realistic it is like i said i'm not surprised by by vucevic's 16.3 points a game that was coming from a mile away uh-huh yeah, Were the really Seas ever seriously looking at him, do you think? Those reports came out, like, initially before the Kemba smoke came out. Like, I never believed that they were going to be, like, offer him close to a max. No, it, but it maybe was I was just, wrong. It was just a shallow, it was a shallow pool of, of talent, right, right. A- available. And he, was, and he was one of the names, so you had to talk about him. But I said, it, had, it had contract year written all over it. And, yeah, that's a, that's a mess there right now. I mean, Markel Fultz might be their only hope. Fultz you, looks good. And I just want to say, if I believe in an alternate universe, that if 
Vooch was on the Celtics, he would not be playing like doo doo. But that's, yeah, that's, that's I, I disagree. <laughs> um, bringing back to Hayward to wrap here. Do what do you what do you offer him? Assuming he, you know, he has close to an All Star year, we'll say like twenty five and five. That's or twenty six and five with good percentages is his season. Uh, he's opting out because he wants one more long term deal at thirty. What are you offering him um, from a C's perspective to? to whether you know you're obviously not trading him anytime soon if you're keeping him there but you obviously can move other parts of the roster as needed to keep him what are you you comfortable offering him hmm i mean that's a really good question uh it's not my money (laughs) so i mean heading into like the tax and all that like there's implications for sure but you can also save some money no by for next year at least on the tax yeah um like i don't know any specific number i mean the 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 risk is obviously like he did it one year um there's the injury history is this who he's going to be for the life of this next deal uh i don't know it's 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 really difficult to find someone like that but at the same time if you were to if you were to back yourself in a corner and 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 give him a max or a near max like getting value on that contract does not seem likely so i mean it would be it's a pretty it's a pretty tricky spot to be in if you're the celtics but if gordon puts up those types of numbers like i don't know i could see him just you know asking for the moon and getting it yeah i mean because right now we talk about the uh the 20 points a game you know which is nice but he's averaging seven and a half rebounds and and four and a half assists a game that is a uh that's his i mean it's not you get Giannis's numbers and that's a complete player but you see what he's doing it and it's unbelievable especially you know even last year never mind two years ago if you had been able to to fast forward and see that stat line to start this season uh at the very least it's a pretty great story from where he came from that might be a, a, a way to wrap it up that it's nice that we're having being able to have this this long conversation about Gordon Hayward and potentially getting another max contract. Um, also, yeah, like, I don't... What it, what it, real quick, like it does send a message. We talked about the messages that you know signing Jalen sent to the other players on the team, and I, I mean it would be a good message if if you know Gordon played his way back to All Star level and then you kind of rewarded him for it. Like that's. That's a good vibe type of thing that I think has has some sort of benefit. I don't know yeah. exactly how to quantify that, but but rewarding on past rewarding on past performance is always a slippery slope. Yeah, the Derek Jeter contracts. <laughs> See, I don't even think though. Like, even if he has a huge year, I just don't. I don't think he's going to get a max next year. Like, if he opts out here or anywhere, I agree. Like, I think there's just too much. I mean, the lingering danger there's not enough suitors out there that want to win right away with a 30 year old so i think like realistically well okay just let me stop you one sec so all it takes is one and but is that a place he's gonna want to go to like no i mean that's for sure who knows yeah you're right um the money difference i mean he's obviously set for life and his kids kids and kids are set for life uh 
Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, but like, what if the like, like the Hornets? I'm pretty sure will have max room, right? I mean, come on. They've been after Gordon for a while. Well, I'm just saying that that's a team that could <laughs> offer. It. No, yeah, that. But <laughs> that's a team that could offer it, though. Is is more my thing, and I don't. You're right. I don't know. You know, he's got to weigh a lot of different things beyond money for sure. Um, and and the Celtics have been loyal to him through a lot here. Like, there's not that they would have looked bad if they, they pulled the rug from under him. What I don't mean. The, I think they. You know, they could have. I mean, it wouldn't have been easy, but they could have salary dumped him, I think, with some assets at some point if to, like, really shake things up. I don't think that was a smart move. I'm glad, you know, it's, I think it's, I don't think they ever seriously considered it, but, um, like. They also gave him every on-court opportunity last right. season. Right. So I think that should help them in this situation. So I, don't know, I see something like the Celtics offering, like, 375 or something like that. I think something like that would be very, you know, not a slam dunk by any means, but I think that would be very reasonable. I don't think he does um, that. I mean, we'll see if that might be the best thing he that's out there. Uh, You're saying might, we, three for 75 starting next season? Yes. 25 a year. I can 25 a year. So he's going to opt out of a $34.1 million player option. So one year, half of that. <laughs> you might need to go four hundred, and then like partially guarantee that last year. That's probably, but no, like is he like is he going to command over twenty million dollars a year? I guess the like it depends what the cap happens. Is the cap going to go up by a ton or not in the next two years with the situation in China and TV ratings? Like, we'll see where the market goes. But I mean, how do, how well do you think his game will age, assuming good health? Like, I feel like it'll age really well. He's too. a spot three-point shooter who's really smart, um, gets in the teeth of defense, can read the floor. His passing is superb. Uh, like I don't, I don't know why he wouldn't age well. I mean that you're being a good case for his agent right now, so it should be. <laughs> I it's it's going to be an interesting negotiation. Especially um, if he can get at me. Especially right? <laughs> if he can, especially if he can really morph into a modern day power forward as the, as the game continues to to evolve. Um, before before we wrap this up, I want to get us on record. Tonight, we're, we're doing this on Thursday. Uh, Kemba is back in Charlotte tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many points is he going to have? Uh, 27. Oh, wow. Pina? I think 23. Really? I, I think I was... he's gonna. I think he's going to press a little bit, and I also think that uh, the Hornets are going to, like, that's, like, all they care about. They're, gonna, they're not going to let Kemba go off is what i think interesting i'm gonna because my, my i'm gonna stick with my gut and say he goes for 40 mm. that would be awesome i'm going yeah. to be on a flight to amsterdam and i was told that i will probably not have television uh on the flight so that's cool very excited did, about it i forget did you okay doing that episode with you on mushrooms is that gonna work i that was uh yeah we'll talk about that later um okay. <laughs> Sure. Stay tuned, folks. Thinking about it. <laughs> we're we're uh, not going to tell the listeners which one it is, but one of the upcoming episodes. <laughs> we'll just put it in the middle of the episode. I like that. That's a good gambit. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. So we'll we'll hear about Mushroom Adventures and <laughs> everything else <laughs> from Amsterdam next week. Uh, in the meantime, C's will wrap up their road trip and uh, get a visit from Isaiah Thomas as well as others next week, and we'll 
be back to respond to it all then.